Well, I have not worn underwear in two weeks now, and it is so wonderful. Okay. What have you, but are you wearing pants? Or are you just yeah. freeballing it yeah, around yeah. your house? No, no, I'm, I'm wearing pants, but I've just like gone commando like for two straight weeks now. I couldn't take my vacation away from home, so I took her vacation away from underwear mm. and. Oh my God! It was. It's going to be hard coming back, actually, Jen. Like I miss you, and I miss work, and I miss you know having something to do every day. But um, to to go back to underwear is going to be a challenge. But isn't there some like friction happening? Depending on the pants, I'm assuming you're not wearing jeans every day. But like when you do come into work, I feel like the denim on the um the, that region would be um, chafing. Like it would cause some chafing, maybe um, some friction, you know what? maybe some calluses. And I, I don't know if you, you want that. <laughs> okay, I do wear jeans probably once a day when I go for a walk, and. Still, no, it's very wow. comfortable. I feel like all of that chafing talk is just a bunch of propaganda spread by big underwear. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What? So. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just so different for girls, right? Like, is it? Well, yeah, because, like, you know, there's a lot going on with the vaginas. They're a self cleaning right. oven. I'll just say that. So the underwear sure. does play an important role, at least for me. Um, yeah. And uh, I just feel like when I don't wear underwear, it's just very uncomfortable. Unless I'm wearing like a nice, like loose pajama sort of lounge pant, then right. it's, oh, it's, oh, it's freeing. Love it. But with jeans, oh, oh heck no. I, I, I understand. This is just yet another way, you know, that the patriarchy rules that we can take a break from underwear as men and, and it's generally okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know it's not the same for women and I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Um, going on outside right now in my house is uh, there's some kind of a, like a convoy or something going on, like a birthday bike ride and um, car convoy with like balloons and I love you and, <gasps> and like stickers and writing. Oh, my God. There's all these cars with balloons and, and big signs on them going by. It's like a big convoy. I don't know what this oh is. Oh, my God. That's got to be a birthday. I love that, like, birthday parties are, like, whole neighborhood celebrations now. <laughs> and, like, That's there's parades for freaking everything, and I'm in. I'm so for it. We need more of <laughs> that. Right. Um, the other day I was at Beacon Hill Park, and there was just, like, all these um, – I guess, like, car people, you know, who, like, redo, like, fancy cars and motorcycles oh, and stuff. Yeah. They all, like, came together on the road and just were, like, revving their engines and honking their ho- horns for um, the uh, healthcare workers. Yeah, and they, like, 7 were, o'clock? Yeah, well, no, it was, it was actually not 7 o'clock. It was, like, before or after, and they were just going to the hospitals just for, like, their own little visit. Oh, yeah, that's really nice. Which was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm always like, what's going on on the roads today? <laughs> so exciting. Oh, it's so good. So, okay, so another week has gone by, and you're on your own flying mm-hmm. solo there. And, yeah. And uh, keeping yourself busy. What have you been up to? Okay, I've been rollerblading. Huh. <laughs> that's that's my latest hobby. I've just been getting super into rollerblading. Um, there's someone that we work with, Art Aronson. Um, he is also a big blader, and we've been just, like, blading hard, and it's been really great. Now, we were reading this story this week. That um, NHL players, right, because their season got canceled like March 12th and they're like, okay, well, we still want to train and like skate, but they're not getting access to these like skating facilities. So a lot of them are going to inline skates in order to yeah keep maintain their whatever training. 
Yeah. And uh, they've like, there's this one company called Mars Blade, I think it's called. And okay. they make like really, um, like, like they make hockey skates and rollerblades. And okay. it makes it like, because rollerblading, you're not getting that like carving of the ice and like you're not like right. digging in with your wheels or anything. So they've made these like rollerblades that kind of uh, replicate that sort of feeling, which is super cool. Okay. So all these NHL players are now rollerblading around their their neighborhoods. And I think that rollerblading this year is making a huge comeback. Every time I go out for a run or a blade, I see at least like five other rollerbladers. So, you know, that's so great for you. I'm Because I know you've been a, a big rollerblade proponent for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just really happy for you that that's making a comeback in a big way. And what about you? Like, do you ever see yourself blading? I used to love rollerblading, yeah. I had a pair of really nice rollerblades because um, I was a hockey player in high school and everything. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I would I would go on summer blades all the time. I don't know where they are now. I I bet they still fit me though because they were like these extendable blades, roller blades that you could wear. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I like skating a lot. I don't get the opportunity to do it nearly enough. Yeah. So I mean, yes, yes. Okay. If you are going for blades, if I can track down my classic roller blades, I'm sure they're in Vancouver in storage, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for a boot with you. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Sure. That would be so great because I would love a gang, you know, at the end of all this. Once yeah. we're allowed to, like, hang out in outside, like, all together, that would be amazing. Because, like, right now I have a pretty, like, tight-knit quarantine crew that, like, we're still keeping distant. But, like, we still, you know, can go outside and go for a rollerblade or sit far away at a park kind of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And I want oh, to talk about that. Too, that. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Did you read that today? Like... Dr. Bonnie is just one of a, a, a number now of health officials saying that exact thing. I mean, we've always kind of known about this. Like, yes, you should go outside and get some exercise. But um, in, like, the strongest terms I've heard yet, she's just like, you cannot or it's very, very unlikely that you're going to catch COVID outside if someone wa- – even if someone who has it walks past you, even if it's not six feet away mm-hmm. because of, you know, how quickly sunlight, I guess, kills the virus – it's like outside is a very safe place to be. So, you know, do the social distancing, no large groups, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. um, get outside and get some exercise. And it, it's like it's it'll be infinitely better for you, your mental health, your immunity, your physical health, all that stuff versus, you know, sitting inside and being afraid all the time. Exactly. And I've, I think in the last like few weeks, it's like there's been a lot of like shaming people who have been going and doing activities like going for runs for whatever reason people are like you shouldn't be running outside at all because your spit droplets are going to get into the air and you know you're 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 ruining it for everyone even though you're running and like keeping your physical and mental health great and i've been seeing a lot of that and i've been kind of like quiet about it because i'm like i am running i am going for runs every day uh, because it is it helps me a lot and yeah when i go on a pathway i literally like off-road it so that someone else can have the path and like everyone is sure. very cognizant of that but i think people were confused because there was never that like solid stance it's like is running okay is like still going outside for walks and hikes is that still okay because the parks are closed yeah. so what kind what is the message that we're like trying to send here like what what is actually allowed am i bending the rules a bit by like going to sit at a park far away from a friend yeah oh for sure look i've been on this vacation uh, biking to the beach quite a lot, and that's been wonderful. And 
you see people like you know the beach is all wide open spaces and there's not tons it's not like those pictures you see of a florida where mm-hmm. there's like people crushed against each other you know for miles on a beach it's like here in victoria it's been pretty chill not a ton of people and everyone's keeping their distance but everyone you know is there and happily kind of enjoying the sunshine and the outdoors or i've been going on a couple of hikes as well and it's the same thing people like you know you see someone coming down the trail and I'm the first one to do it because I appreciate the opportunity to take a break. Mm-hmm. But I just like bounce into the brush a little bit, right? Give them the six feet and go by. And everyone's being so polite about it. And with this news, you know, and, and this greater understanding of really is what it is, right? Like we're just really still even 50 some odd days into this thing trying to get a handle on what this virus does and can do. But it's like with this new understanding, I really hope that it does open those provincial parks up again. Cause yeah, I would love to go camping. That, oh, my gosh. You know? I would love to go camping on the weekend. Um, yeah. And I think like what she like really drilled home, which is important, like when you are like questioning, okay, should I go meet up with this person that I haven't seen? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, go for like a socially distant walk with them. Is this is this something I want to do? You just have to it's all different, like case by case. You have to think about who in your life are you in contact with? Are you in contact with someone who is a frontline worker and is going into work every day and getting them sick? What is that going to do for them? Um, mm-hmm. And then you have to think about like, yeah, are, do you know someone who is immune compromised? Is that going to, you know, damage them? Like you, you just have to right. think about all the risks and who you're putting at risk. But say, you know, you're two people who have just been completely self-isolating. You haven't seen anyone else and you just want to see a human person the first time mm-hmm. in weeks and you want to go sit in a park far away from them. Like that's probably OK if you're not going to see anyone yes. else kind of thing. So it is you're like not. it's totally dependent on your person who you're in contact with and and the risks around that so just like think about that and I, I like that she drilled that home it's like you are in control of this and like yes it's your choice you know totally. so yeah. yeah I agree okay one thing I'll also say about the rollerblading is that do you know what I think is a really good look the look is the rollerblades and then I like to do with shorts of course and then often, like, you know, whatever, a hoodie or a, even a jersey or something looks good or a sweater. And then hockey gloves. <laughs> it's such a good look. And it's like, again, it's something I bring over from playing hockey, obviously. Right. But I just, it's just, I just love it. Completes the, like, you know, crossover from the hockey to the street inline skating, rollerblading. I don't know. I just love it. It's what such it- a good look. I mean, it, it looks pretty cool, but it looks like you're coming from a hockey game. Like, it looks like you just played in a cul-de-sac for a few hours. Yes. Um, and we're screaming, car! <laughs> but, like, what are what is the hockey gloves good for outside of that, though? Like, do they just look cool? Because you're not you holding cool. a stick. I don't... Well, sometimes you are holding a stick. You know what? I would go for rollerblades, like, just rips in the blades and hold the hockey stick. Just, like, because that just felt natural to me because that's mm. what I was used to. And I also really love stick handling and hockey sticking outside of a hockey setting is one of my favorite things for some reason. Like, I always remember Trailer Park Boys episodes where Ricky would use a hockey stick to, like, clear a bunch of garbage off the hood of his car. And for some reason, that just resonated with me so much. I just love it. It's such a Canadian thing. I mean, clearing snow from the top of your car, you usually use a hockey stick, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, of that's course. the move. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, well, I don't have hockey gloves, but I do have like boxing gloves, and that's like true intimidation. Imagine like rolling uh. up, like you're going for like a walk with your your mom or whatever, and all of a sudden this blader comes zooming past you with some boxing gloves on. Whoosh! Wouldn't fuck with them. It, uh, no, right. not at all. It, it remind that sounds like a villain or some kind of a henchman from like a, a video game or an anime or something. Oh yeah. Imagine a crew of people like that coming at you. Terrifying. A Terrifying. triangle formation of that. Uchi. Uchi duchi. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Something else that happened this week that I was reading about was uh, the trolls world tour. This was a big um, news story because trolls world tour decided to do their premiere of their show. Um, just on demand, right? Because a lot of people are like postponing their like premiere of their t- uh, movies because yeah. no one's going to be going into theaters, obviously. But this was one of the movies that was like, okay, we're just going to release it on demand. It's twenty bucks. You can watch it at home. And they made ninety five million dollars in the first like few weeks of the release. And the first Trolls movie made like one hundred and fifteen gross, like all together. 115 million so it's like up there already with the amount that trolls first one made and i don't know if it's like a novelty thing that people are like wow this is the first time a movie just has been released like this and Mm. i can watch it at home and this is a wild time is it a novelty thing or is this something that we're gonna see after all this and when movie theaters open again and what is the 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 future of movie theaters in general yeah brings up a lot of questions If you think about the math about that, because I think that, no, for one thing, no, I don't think it's a novel. I think that, you know, whether you're stuck inside the house with your kids because of quarantine or you're just stuck with your children day to day, a movie is a good thing to do with them, right? Like people like to take their kids to movies. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about the math about that, right, Um, think of like a family of four. Okay, and if you're all going to go and spend the afternoon on a Saturday to go see a movie, that's four times, I think it's like 15 bucks to go see a movie. Yeah. Okay? Even if you go on a Tuesday night, which like I don't think families generally do, but that's seven bucks each, you know, okay, that's, that's well over $20. So that means that for it to be making that much money at $20 per family – yeah. It means that that many more people decided to watch the movie Trolls World Tour than they would have if they had to pay four times as much almost to go see it in the theater. Can right. you like the the sheer numbers of that math is like very very interesting. Yeah. And I think it makes a ton of sense for movie studios to as Universal has said because of this they're going to start from now on releasing their movies at home as well as in the theater at the same time to give people that choice. Yeah, because for me, I don't really like going to the movie theaters. Right, you don't, you don't. I'm not not a big movie theater person. I go maybe like a few times a year. I mean, it is nice to go. Um, I usually get like, can I be honest, I just get super baked and go and it's like a whole experience and I get like afraid to order popcorn and it's fun. It's like... (laughs) It's like a <laughs> adrenaline rush for me. Um, and I don't like smoke weed that often but like yeah. in public, but that's the only time I do that. And like, I, I just find that like I, I want to be sprawled out on the couch. You know, I mm-hmm. want to fall asleep and I usually do fall asleep in a movie theater and I don't like spending that amount of money. So it's just like, 
yeah, I, I don't, I understand the feeling of going to a theater for like the opening night and how exciting that is. And that like mm. everyone has been waiting for this and you can see everyone's reaction and you're all excited, like just as excited. But I just don't feel that way about movies. But I think, yeah, it would be a really good thing to do it both ways to, cause I would probably, yes, rather spend $20 and watch a movie um, premiere at home than in the theater. You know, and, and I'm, I am glad for the choice too because that that's great. That's really great. I think that if it, because that's what I think it is. It's that, that more people will enjoy the movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of right when it comes out, rather than like waiting for it or whatever. If they have the opportunity to just watch it at home, because I don't think it'll hurt the theaters that much. Like theater chains right now are really chapped. Yeah. About this, they like uh, AMC, which is the biggest theater chain in the states, said that they're not going to carry Universal movies if they decide to do this anymore. That's a massive, um, like fight between these two giant companies, and but I honestly think that because I'm the exact opposite. I love sitting. I go every single week practically to a movie, whether it's like a big gigantic action blockbuster, you know that benefits from the big surround sound and the giant screen all the way down to like small movies like independence or whatever like i just love the movie going experience i think they're the both and in between all of them are very valuable to sit you know in the dark in a big theater munching popcorn i love that experience mm-hmm. I go every week so so i think there's a lot of people who are like me that are going to do that and then there's plenty of people like you who are going to you know, rent it at home as well. And that's yeah. fine. That's so totally fine. That's where we are at now in the history and the like legacy of movies and how they're released. And this for, you know, this is going to be one of many things I think that this pandemic um, is going to change yeah. in our culture probably forever. Yeah. And, and just in general, in the last few years, I've been finding that like movie going is not as common. Like the people who want to be in the theater are going, it's not like, Oh, there's nothing else yeah. to do. Let's go to a movie. It's like, no, the people who love movie theaters and love movies are still going. And now yeah. more than ever, they're missing that feeling. So I think like there's not going to be a problem um, for theaters. I mean, maybe like reopening because of the big financial loss. But like right. there will be people to fill those seats after all this because it is one of those things you're like, oh, I actually miss going to the movie theater now that I can't that sort of thing like i will probably go to a few movies when when theaters reopen because that's just like it is a fun thing to do with friends like go to the movie theater and then get a beer after and talk about the movie or whatever you know like that is something that like i didn't do very often but right now i'm like oh i I would love to do that right now because i would be Uh, down for any sort of social interaction even if we're just sitting silently in a dark theater you know 100 percent. so yeah yeah, i don't think I don't think that they're going to lose people from that. I think it's only going to benefit theaters and movies. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know what's yeah. interesting? So I was talking to my mom who works in the film industry. And right. so she she is um, now a teamster, but she um, is still like on the email chains with all, like all these production companies. And they were saying that they're like planning movies for this time so they're creating scripts with social and physical distancing in mind and they're still like looking at like yeah places to film and ways that they can still film while keeping physically distant um and like thinking about that for the future so like people are like not writing scenes that have like huge 
groups of people all together or they're like okay we can do this with like getting some b-roll footage or whatever it is which i thought was really interesting and like production companies because usually like like the pre-production for a movie it's like hundreds and hundreds of people in an office and they're still able to do that but at home so they're still Yeah. yeah so it's just the really like the actual filming of it is the only thing that's really affected, but they're finding ways around it, which is kind of cool to think about. That is actually very fascinating. And yeah, I don't, I, I really hope that this doesn't like just change the way that movies look, even for like a couple of years that like no one touches each other or whatever. But I think it's great if they're finding ways during this time to be able to still remain productive. That's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. And it would be kind of cool to like see movies. Cause I know like a lot of people say this where they're watching shows and if the people in the shows are not being physically <laughs> distanced, it's like wildly uncomfortable to watch now because you're like, yes, just stay is. away from each other. So having those sort of movies where you're like, Oh, I'm comfortable watching this because everyone's far apart and they're not yeah. allowed to touch. They're six feet apart. <laughs> like it would feel pretty good to watch a movie like that right now it's so true yeah it's i know i was watching avengers yesterday and i was just like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. hey iron man back up from captain <laughs> america please that's too close yeah <laughs> i feel it mm-hmm. um the other thing that was talked about actually just today um was announced um because of the the shooting in nova scotia um justin trudeau has banned assault rifles in canada yeah um, which is so frigging great. And um, I'm I'm still like, I just still can't believe that they weren't banned before this, you know, like it just, it, it still yeah. like took a long time, but like, thank goodness something is being done about that because no person needs an assault rifle. Um, you know, when it comes to, because people always say like, you need it for hunting. It's like, you do not need an assault rifle for no. for like taking down a deer i think that was what he said in his press conference which was a great way to put it it's like these were designed to kill people as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time so why in canada would we ever need that what sort of good is that ever going to bring i know if like people are gun enthusiasts it's like oh like having an assault rifle that you didn't use for whatever reason that was like prideful for some people but it's unnecessary Mm -hmm. you know Completely. And, you know, look, at if any of my hobbies or in, enthusiasms or whatever um, also caused the life to, you know, or the death, sorry, of dozens of people at a time, it's just like, yeah, that's, I'd, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly give that up to save lives. I mean, that's yeah. what we should be doing as a, as a culture and a society. And I agree. And look, at, and I am a gun enthusiast a little bit. I love, I've told you this many times, but mm-hmm. I love going and shooting guns. I, you know, I've been really lucky enough to get up to the range um, near here maybe once a year for the last decade or so, and I love it. It's so much fun. You know, every opportunity or bachelor party or whatever is just like I really like shooting guns too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and one of these on a range situation probably would be fun. I've never shot an assault rifle like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like anything, it probably would be fun. And again, I'm just like I'm so 100% okay with this ban going into effect. I think it's important and um, and the right thing to do, and it's really great. And, you know, again, I, I love shooting guns, but I can I can still balance that fact. Yeah. It's okay. It's so okay. Yeah. Okay, here is one thing that I weirdly has got tied into this discussion, Jen, mm. is 
the last time that this was really getting talked about in the states, where obviously it's a way worse problem, and they're even they're just so ill-equipped to actually deal with it and put a ban like this into effect. But mm-hmm. um, someone on Twitter talked about the 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 occasion, and this to me is so funny because it is like a one occasion where an assault rifle could be useful aside from murdering people. And did you remember this tweet? The guy's like, what happens when 30 to 50 feral hogs come onto my property while my children are playing in the yard? Oh, what? Do you remember that? Is that a thing that has happened? (laughs) Well, well, this guy (laughs) tweeted it and... And it got it turned into a meme, and it was so funny. It was like feral hogs, and, and he put a weird time cap on it too. He was like, "Yeah, within three to five minutes, three, you know, fifty feral hogs are on my yard, and my small children are playing in the yard." It was like, "Is this made up? Oh. Like, did this actually happen?" Well, here's the thing, right? Because okay. everyone mocked it mercilessly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck, dude? Feral hogs. Okay, actually, if you look into it, there is a big problem with roving groups of feral hogs, especially in the United States. What the hell? And, That's like World yeah. of Warcraft sort of shit. Yes, I know. <laughs> like those boars yeah. that come at you. What? I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a I thing. Know. It is, yeah, it's like they were brought here, you know, like from, I think from Europe uh, maybe decades ago for whatever reason and maybe a hundred years ago, and they have like they don't have any natural predators, and they have like spread like rabbits, and wow. especially in rural America. I meant to look it up this morning about Canada if it's a problem here in Canada, but like feral hogs oh, <laughs> are a God. legit problem, and they're and vicious. There are... Oh yeah, oh hell yeah, you do not want to fuck around with a feral hog, <laughs> and <laughs> so there are like legit rural landowners who are like. I need these assault weapons oh to God. protect my farm from feral hogs. Now, so look, there's there's got to be a way around this. You know, we That's have right. there's another way to, <laughs> to to keep these feral feral hogs off your property. Like that's a whole nother issue that the states need to get behind the feral hog problem. Right. We need to figure that out as well as the gun problem separate though. Yeah, look, you can do two things at once. Yeah, you can look into this problem. How do we? Stop the feral hogs as well as how do we stop assault rifle? <laughs> I shouldn't murders. be laughing. This is like so crazy to me. But yeah, no, there's there's a way around it. I also want to bring up Paul. Yeah, uh, I was doing my like um, Pottermore, um, you know, quiz to see like oh, who I am and like. You were. Hey, yeah. can you guess who I am? Oh, I, I think I've already told you actually. Like what um, house I'm in. What? Oh, okay. Let me see here. You strike me as a Hufflepuff. I do not. There's no way. <laughs> That's mean. Why is it mean? I don't Why know. I don't know. I'm not a Hufflepuff. Everyone thinks that the Hufflepuffs are like fat or something. Like <laughs> no, snacks. just like, I mean, I, I do like snacks, but they're yeah. just kind of like, okay, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to offend any Hufflepuffs, but I'm a Gryffindor. Wow. Of course you are. You're, You're a lion. I'm a lion. I'm in a lion in all aspects. Um, but except for my Patronus, is that what it's called? Yes. Yep. Guess what I am? Are you a hog? A I'm a hog? wild boar. Yeah, I'm a feral wow. hog. <laughs> wow. I could see it, I guess. Yeah. And that's why I'm so against assault rifles. <laughs> i don't know why that makes sense but i think it does um, I, I actually really like yeah i identify with it i'm i'm really happy about that i love it mm-hmm. good for you i am 
I, I am a Hufflepuff, by the way. Uh, what? No. When I looked into it, yeah, I thought I would be a Slytherin for sure. I thought so too. Or like, yeah. maybe a little Gryffindorin, yeah, but I think more Slytherin. I'm more, much more Slytherin, yeah. yeah. But anyways, I'm a Hufflepuff, according to Pottermore, and I think my Patronus was a river otter. Okay, that makes sense. The otter makes sense. Yeah. 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 Floating on my back all the time. And, and like, yeah. really, because they, they have, like, partners, right? Like, they... They're into love. Like, they're pretty... Don't they, like, oh, yes. mate for life or something? Yeah, like and they hold hands when they're sleeping. Yeah. Like, I see you as that. Like, you're very, like, loyal to the people you love. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, like, like weirdly touchy and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like to eat snacks off of my tummy. That's right! So, wow, that's yeah. great. That's so true. I don't know about that Hufflepuff, though. I feel weird about that. Well, I th- again, I think if you actually look into it, it's just—it's not just about being like puffy and fluffy. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, an interesting p- couple of pieces of news, really locally, that I thought were that caught my eye. By the way, too, when I say that I went on a vacation from underwear, I should have gone on a vacation from social media. I should have turned my phone off or deleted those apps for two weeks, I think it would have made a world of difference. Uh-oh. You were, were you glued to your phone a lot of it? <sighs> no, I wouldn't say that. Like, no more than usual, but I, I mean, like, I just looked at it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the way we all just look at our social media all the time and, like, throughout the day, and I just, I think it would have been really nice to take a two-week break from that. You know what oh, I mean? totally. W- without having to look at it for work and everything else, but... Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. Um, too late now, I guess. Maybe, but maybe next time I go on vacation, I'll do that. But anyways, yeah. two pieces of news that did catch my eye on social media were um, from a year ago, you know, we remember that uh, there was a huge fire in downtown Victoria and the old strip club, Monty's, as well as this hotel, this like heritage hotel that had been down there for years uh, was burnt down. And did you see the update on what the police have announced with that? Yeah. Um, the guy who, um, there was one person who was living in the hotel, um, during the fire or before the fire and it was the maintenance person and he was missing and they weren't able to find like any sort of clues as to where he was. There was some security footage of him before the fire, but after the fire, like he vanished and they couldn't find, um, any sort of evidence that he was in the building while it happened. And they're, yep. they're just not sure where he is still. And it's been an entire full year, um, since this fire. And should mention too, this was a fire that burned for days. Like yeah. they could not put it out and it like burned everything like to the ground. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of wild that he's still missing and they're not entirely sure what happened. And teamed up with the fact that the police, like, officially announced that this fire has been classified as an arson. Like, this mm-hmm. was no mistake um, or accident. And it, it, this story, I just find it fascinating and wild. And, like, obviously it's been eclipsed with everything else going on in the world right now and even locally. But I just I'm, – I'm so fascinated with this element and piece of Victoria history that yeah. we are living through that, like – this massive historical block of buildings was burnt down on purpose and that this person has disappeared. And I guess it's not really fair to speculate or, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, think about what happened or what his involvement in it was. But I think it's also very natural to kind of think that and imagine that. 
um, what maybe happened and that this person is just, just you can just disappear. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I found In the it, midst of this. I thought it would be so difficult to just disappear this day and age. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's cameras yeah. everywhere. There's, like, social media. There's location devices. Like, there's just, like... It, it would just be hard, but we still do live in Canada, and there still is like the part of our our country that's just completely isolated. Like you, right. there is just like no no one around in some parts of the country. So I mean, it, it, it I guess it's possible, but also like, could he have been in the building? Have they like completely mm. taken that out? Like there would be some sort of like findings in the rubble, yes. I would think. Right? Like you couldn't just oh. like, disappear. You can't just like. Oh, have certainly. Yeah. Remnants and, just and gone. They said it was like, they said it was an exhaustive uh, um, investigation too. So that it's like it's. I think it's impossible that he was there and perished in the fire. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because it's true. Like Canada is, you know, vast majority um, untamed wilderness. But it's interesting that you thought about that that you would escape out into Canada. And because I immediately thought like somewhere warm for whatever reason, and if I ever mm. go into hiding, I guess this is just evidence for the trial, or you know, it's like a hint <laughs> of where I might be. But I, wouldn't you go somewhere like South America, way somewhere hot? Mm. Maybe where I your don't money know. Money is worth a lot. Maybe I, I I would feel scared and like unknown. I would feel scared by myself anywhere. Actually, <laughs> I yeah. can't even put myself in that like mindset. It was like I'm just gonna go into the woods. Like no, I would die from yeah everything. Like a bear, a wild boar, uh, any kind of sort of uh, nature in general. It's terrifying to me. Um, just even not getting your good food box. Exactly. I rely heavily on that. Which, okay, my good food box has been such a blessing in this time. Not going to the grocery store. Oh, it's so great. I love it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That's so wonderful. Yeah, food delivery, man. It's the best. But yeah, that story is is pretty wild. And the fact that, yeah, there's there's still not answers. And there might not ever be. And it might just be a mystery in Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. I hate mysteries. Like, I love them because they get solved. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. When a mystery goes on indefinitely, like, that would be such a frustrating aspect of being any kind of investigator or, like, police or anything. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, I know a lot of people really like, like, true crime or, like, cold case podcasts sure. and stuff. But um, I don't I don't like them um, it, for that reason. I just kind of get frustrated because I don't ever find the answer. And, yeah. um yeah, I'm not. I don't really. I don't really. I don't feel like I would ever want to listen to a true crime podcast. Um, I agree, unless it's resolved and like the answer comes at the end. Yeah, I, I'm so frustrated by it. Yeah, because I don't like it when the public is like putting in all of their input and p- pretending to be experts. But the public loves to do that. But I just get frustrated with it. I'm like, you don't know. Just leave it at that. You don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not, there's no answer here. You can fight all you want. You still won't know. I know. Yeah, these like armchair investigators. It's like, really, you think these people train their entire lives at Quantico or like wherever yeah. these highly specialized crime scene investigation and forensic experts, but you, <laughs> you? sitting at home mm-hmm. listening to a podcast, you're going to fucking figure it out. Like, get over yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about that. I mean, have your opinions, but like fighting about it, you're not, get, you're not getting anywhere because no one knows. Okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ghost stories and like ghost podcasts though. Woo! Oh yeah, into it. Well, hell yeah, that's your jam. That's my jam. Um, and then and then another mystery that happened locally too. So this just happened last night as we're recording this. 
And so I live in Fernwood, and all of a sudden I'm about to go out for an evening walk, and I hear this like huge, what sounds like a huge explosion. And blocks from my house, um, at a basketball court, there was a toolbox that was welded shut, and witnesses saw a dude pull up in a white car and just leave it there and then leave, which is very suspicious. What the? Heck? And so they had to come in. The the authorities came into like a controlled explosion to open the thing. And it wasn't a bomb, they said that. It wasn't like an explosive device, but it was suspicious. What does that mean? Right? I want to know. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, why? I, why is it welded shut? Like, it looks spooky. And yeah. in Fernwood, like, what? I just have so many questions. Yeah, same. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's... It's tough. I would bet it's like really difficult as like someone who is in like RCMP or like authorities and stuff like that to like what do you release to the public because the public gets so involved and like wants to know everything, but you also yeah. have to keep them safe at the same time. Like there's a lot of questions about that where it's like yeah. will we ever know what was in the box? Will it matter to us? It's like what does the public actually need to know in this situation? Yeah. And what are we being pressured to tell them kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah. Uh, it's it, that's a wild, wild story. I, I can't begin to like speculate. Uh, you know, of course, we were sitting around the house last night speculating what could be in the box. This is like <laughs> nothing actually makes sense. You know? Yeah. And also, so, it's, it's gone now, so it doesn't matter. So let's just move yeah, on from it. Yeah. But yeah, weird, weird thing to be happening in Victoria because that was a, a few hour or like an all night sort of like mystery of like what's in yeah. the box it's just there there's police everywhere fernwood square is like shut down and you can't go into the area um so yeah it's, it's wild oh victoria but there you go in in that case you know i was grateful for social media because you know i hadn't looked at it for a few hours i was watching a movie or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know i hear this explosion and then you know we're all like what the hell is that and then within a minute, you just are able to look on Twitter and the police are like, here's what's going on. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm glad I didn't delete social media for this vacation, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, it is kind of keeping you safe right now. I mean, we're we're relying on the daily updates from the prime minister and health officials and everything. So yeah. it is like a big part of our lives. And this kind of shows like the positive side of social media. But at the same time, we're spending so much time. And screen just like in front of screens in general that it's like not doing well for our mental health yeah. so we really have to yeah. find a balance of that at least i'm finding recently like yesterday i spent like five hours on my phone i was like what am i, I doing know. like i could go do anything right now but instead i'm watching tiktok videos why I know. <laughs> are you <laughs> finding though and maybe this is just like for my time off and i'm excited to come back to work and all that but like do, are you finding that um, generally, like the the outlook now is kind of positive with every new um, discussion of like reopening measures and plans and what that that's going to look like. Yeah. I just am feeling more and more optimistic about yes the health outcomes, but more the like econ- economic things. It's like let's get this puppy going again. I just even actually heard that um, Butchard Gardens is going to be reopening. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I like and it's to just hear like that. every. Everything I hear like that is just like, great, let's get this economy going again here, you know? Yeah. And people are going to be okay, and we've weathered the worst, hopefully, of this storm. 
and that we're going to, you know, all be okay coming out the other side of it. Yeah, I think people were really looking for that answer that in this entire time. It's like, when is this all going to be over? And now there's a little bit more hope and a little bit yeah. more answers. And we are able to, like, look specifically case by case of what could be open and what sort of measures needs to be in place in order for them to keep rolling, but still keeping, you know, physically distant and, like, following those guidelines and making sure that we don't like move too quickly. Um, it like just open things in a very controlled way. And I think that's, I think they're doing a good job with that, with being like, we're taking our time, but we're doing it in a controlled way. Cause there is this like feeling where the public really wants to be in control of everything, all their surroundings. Yeah. They want everyone to just stay inside and like, and when they're not, it's like, it, it causes anxiety and it causes like a panic and you know, anger or whatever it is but i find yeah. that in these last weeks that's kind of been mellowing out and people feel a little bit more controlled of their surroundings you know they're wearing masks if that makes them feel comfortable and like yeah they're feeling in control of like the decisions they make in their own health which is good yeah um, it's really great you yeah. know yeah that's it it's like it's not the end of the world it's, it feels like an apocalypse sometimes it feels so different from what we're used to but it's really not the end of the world and you know, if you deal with it, okay. We're look. We're all we're coming out of it. We're going to mm -hmm. be all right, hopefully. Yeah, I was talking to my dad, and he was he was uh, just saying like how the public is just really looking at like what is important right now and just focusing on that, and that really yeah. like yeah, it hit home with me because I was like, yeah, I am just like focusing on what's important, and I'm not you know worrying about all those extra stresses that I was worrying about on a daily basis. Um, mm -hmm. For example, like, I don't know, I was I was talking to another person about, you know, wedding planning and like mm. all of those sort of extra pressures that you, you put on yourself to like make this big day. And like once you start stripping you b that back, you're like, oh, no, I'm doing this for the love of my partner and yeah. all that other stuff, you know, that can wait. And then people are like still getting married, um, you know, and like just holding off on their wedding day and being OK with that. Like that's that's really cool to see that it's like, oh, no, that. The reasons um, why you're 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 planning for all these things are really like coming to the surface. Yeah, and I, I just yeah, like to absolutely. see that. Yeah. The the one thing that I am like a little bit sad because it's going to be probably the last thing that's reopened or that kind of gets back to normal is traveling. Yeah. You know, like like I didn't mind. This is the first staycation that I've taken in years. I like don't usually take a vacation just to sit at home. Um, or even just to enjoy our lovely city, you know, mm -hmm. with time off. Um, I take vacation so that I'm able to travel because I think that's really, I really enjoy it and I think it's really important. Um, and I and it sucks to not be able to do that. Like I've enjoyed my time off, but it sucks that I wasn't traveling and doing something fun like that. And those are like big experiences that I kind of like look back on year to year. Like, okay, what did you do this year? Where did you go? What did you see? And so I missed that a lot. I missed that in this vacation. And I, you know, was looking towards the rest of this year even. I was already thinking about like, oh, maybe there's a trip to Europe in, in the cards or somewhere else. Mm. And it's just like, that's not going to happen. That's probably very likely the entire rest of this year and well into next year. Yeah. And that still does kind of bum me out. Yeah. But, I mean, what can you do? Yeah, that's definitely something that I've been thinking about because I was, I like to like, 
when I'm feeling a little bit like in the mud or like just kind of like、mm. just trucking through, I like to like make plans like that I can look forward to, whether it's like、yep. a weekly plan, like every Friday I've been going for a rollerblade and getting takeout. And that's been like the thing I look forward to <laughs> to get me through the week, honestly. Like、yep. I only think about that. And, <laughs>、um, and then in the long term, I'm like, oh, what, what trip am I going to go on? At the end of all this, or like when、yeah. I get vacation time again, or like what, what is that? And like that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's gonna happen, <clears throat> but like, what can I do instead of that? Like, you know, some provincial parks might be open. Is there a way that I can go somewhere that I haven't been before and go camping or like, you know, move my travel plans? Because I haven't traveled anywhere really. I、yeah. haven't like made that a priority. And this year, I was, I was thinking at the beginning of this year, I was like, that's my priority. By the end of the year, I'm gonna go on a trip, whether that's to Thailand or like, Somewhere,、um, somewhere outside of Canada that I can actually、yeah. like go and enjoy, or the Oregon coast or something. But yeah, now I'm like, no, I don't want to go to the States. That's for sure. I don't want to、yeah. go anywhere else. And international travel, we have no idea what the, the future of that looks like. So yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like adapting to that. It's like, okay, how can I get that feeling of traveling but staying within here? I know. But you know what? That's, that's the nice thing again about just where we live is that. You know, even if you were stuck to just this island or even this province, it's like there's maybe not a more beautiful place, certainly in our country, you know, but a lot of places in the world to explore and travel in. So if, if that's all we do this year is kind of, you know, if we have to get away, it's one, once it's safe to do so, like go up our island or,、mm-hmm. or explore British Columbia or even Canada a little bit more, it's just like, okay, that'll have to be that for now then. And that's. Actually, we're very, very, very blessed if that's what we are stuck to. Yeah, know,、like. we're so lucky to live here. And also, it's great for our economy because we're going to、mm-hmm. be lacking all these, this tourism. Like here in Victoria,、yeah. we rely so heavily,、um, and like the hotels around here, like we rely so heavily on tourism for our economy. So, how could we be tourists in our own place and like go? Splurge on a weekend at the Empress Hotel to keep that going. This hor-、oh. historic hotel that, like, we don't ever stay in, but、yeah. um, is a huge part of people coming to Victoria. Like, maybe we can do that、um, in- instead of, you know, people coming from the States or wherever. Yeah, great idea. Yeah.、Um, I'm so excited to have you back next week. Oh, well, good. Yeah, and get back to normal <laughs> and have a regular podcast.、Um, this week, it is just the two of us talking on the phone.、Um, I, I mean, I was going to add some extra like, pieces of art and nice conversations, but I'm a little tapped out to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's,、uh, let's pick it up、uh, next week and, and get things back to our kind of normal. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait.、Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay. enjoy your cat and have a great weekend. Thank you so much. And maybe I'll see you tonight and we'll sit in the backyard and have a beer on your rollerblades. Maybe. I would love that. Okay. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs> Hope you're well and、All、happy、right. and safe. Thanks for joining the PJ party. For more from Paul and Jenny, get them live 2 to 6 weekday afternoons on the Zone at 913 or around the world via the Internet's tubes at thezone.fm. Do them a solid and leave a review wherever you get this podcast and tell your friends about it. Paul and Jenny are both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so get in touch. Thanks for joining the PJ party. Hi, I'm Webmeister Bud. I'm DJ Boitano. I'm Kirsten James. I'm Art Aronson. And I'm Paul Bacino. And the Zones Geek Out Podcast is where we get together each week and talk about geeky stuff like technology, movies, comics, TV, Harry Potter, Star Wars, and how much better Marvel is than DC. So much better. Come on, man.
Captain America. Calm down, Art. You can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold or at thezone.fm slash geekoutpod. With new episodes each Friday, it's The Zone's Geek Out Podcast. Listen, please. Bye! Bye.